Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. So for today's video, we're doing something special. As you all know, creepy neighbor stories is one of my favorite topics, and just about every single one of them that I do, they do really well on the channel. So in today's video, you're getting a massive compilation of creepy neighbor stories that I've done throughout the past year and up to present. I really hope you enjoy this, and if you want me to do more, comment down below and let me know. And if you have your own scary story, you can submit that to me directly at southerncannibal.com. And without further ado, let's get into the stories. And as always, stay hungry. Several years ago, when I was 25 years old, I lived with, at the time, one of my best friends. Our friendship eventually started to dwindle, so she was rarely home. This night, however, she ended up staying at our place and then heading to bed pretty early. I was a server at the time, so I stayed up pretty late, usually watching YouTube and smoking pot. This night was no different than any other, except for the fact that my neighbors actually tried to kidnap me. I'll go ahead and give you some background information on my house and my neighbors. We lived in a three-bedroom house with two bedrooms and the kitchen facing the crazy neighbors. They were a younger couple living in a smaller mill house. They were constantly coming to our door asking for handouts. Now, normally I'd be really happy to help a neighbor out, but they would come over and ask for crazy things like for us to fill up an old Mountain Dew bottle with water because theirs had shut off or something, as well as for beer and they once literally asked us for a dollar. They would consistently be knocking at our door to ask for help, and whenever we wouldn't answer, I would peek through the window to either see them jacking cigarette butts from the ashtray, or pressing their eyeballs against the door peephole to see if they could spot us. It was really strange. Anyway, there I was smoking some weed and watching some YouTube on my couch, when I then heard a knock at the door. I rolled my eyes because I knew exactly who had came knocking. It was 11pm and I checked the peephole. And sure enough, it was the boyfriend right on my porch. Normally, I'd just walk away and continue with my life, but he looked like he was in distress this night. So I opened the door to see what was up. Hey, uh, I just wanted to come over and see if you would film my engagement. I, uh, got my girlfriend a ring here in my pocket, and I need you to follow me to my backyard and film it for me. Baffled, but really curious. I told him congrats and said that I'd be out in just a second and just needed to put my shoes on. I shut the door behind me, then locked it. Quickly, I ran into the back room that looked out into their backyard. I started peeking through the blinds to see the setup. Nothing. It was pitch black darkness. There was absolutely no sign of decorations or anything like that. Now naturally, I woke up my roommate to tell her what was going on. Uh, yeah, screw that. She said to me, and we both walked back up to the door after the boyfriend started banging on the door. I looked through the peephole again. I couldn't really see anything, and I was really confused. That is, until I saw him pull his eyeball away from the peephole. I quickly turned around and then put my back right up against the door. My roommate came running back to the door from a room holding two wire hangers for protection. We both just clung under the hangers and sat up against the door until he finally left. We were so freaked out, but we wanted to make sure that we weren't overreacting. We decided to go out our back door and hopped into her car so we could do a drive-by. 
They always had their front door open and they also didn't have any blinds, so it was really easy to see in their house. Very slowly, we crept by in her car and peered into the living room. Sitting on the couch and all staring at the wall was there the couple and the older man. We sped off and we ended up staying at a friend's house that night. I never answered the door for either of them ever again. One day I came home from work and there was an older lady that was parked in their driveway. She walked up to me as I got out of my car and asked if I knew where the neighbors were. I told her that I hadn't seen them in quite a while and she informed me that she was the owner of the house. She told me that they were months late on rent and it finally came to evict them. She entered the home to find it completely trashed, needles and garbage all over the place, holes in the wall, and literally shit on the floor. I told her I was really sorry to hear that she had to deal with all that, but that I was happy they were finally gone. I'm really not 100% sure what was going on that night, but I'm really glad that I didn't follow him to the backyard. Who the hell knows what they actually had planned. Before starting the story, I wanted to share some context. I'm a 26-year-old female who unfortunately gets a lot of unwanted attention. I'm married and at the time of the story, my husband's brother had lived with us. We live in newly built townhomes and everyone in the unit had actually moved in within the same week of each other. In the townhome next to us lived a mom and her late 20, early 30-year-old son. And next to them lives another young married couple. We'll call her I and him P. We became friends with them because we're in the same age group. Now, this happened a little over a year ago, and we noticed that the mom and son had a guest staying with them. We didn't think much of it. Well, one morning I was walking my dog, and as soon as I walked out the door, I began to smell cigarettes. But I didn't really think too much of it because my brother-in-law smokes. Right in front of our townhome is a long patch of land that hasn't been built on yet and I always walk my dog around there every morning. Once I reached it, I had heard someone behind me then say, You look really lovely today. I looked back, and I saw that it was the guy that had been staying with my neighbor. I was kind of confused because I had just rolled out of my bed still in my PJs. He then said good morning, and I said good morning back. He then asked if I smoked, and I said no. I was already getting really creeped out by this guy, so I just kept walking and by the time I walked back home, he was already gone. When I got inside and told my husband, he thought it was odd. We don't really know anything about this guy or who he is, so my husband just told me to be careful when I walk our dog. The very next morning when I went to walk our dog, I looked out to see if the creepy neighbor was out. I didn't see him, so I went on a walk. About a minute later, I had felt someone behind me and as I looked around, Lo and behold, it was him. I walked a little faster to put some distance between us, and that's when our dog needed to do her business. That's when I took her to the side so that my dog could poop. That's when the neighbor got closer to us, and the dog started barking and wouldn't stop. So I started to fast walk to a different spot in the neighborhood so that she could finish. He followed me there, and he got close yet again. It made me and the dog really uncomfortable, so I just decided to leave and go back home. Keep in mind, our dog still hasn't had a chance to do her business yet. Anyways, my husband was already at work, but I still wanted to call him to let him know what happened. He said to feed her and get ready for work, and maybe by the time I finished, the creepy neighbor would finally be back inside. 
So I did so, and when I decided to walk the dog again, I opened my front door, and to my surprise, he was in the middle of the road throwing punches. I closed my door immediately and decided to take her to my parents' house before going to work, and that I would just pick her up after I got off. During the rest of this week, I would only walk her whenever my husband was home because I just felt uncomfortable, but I wasn't really sure if it was just me being paranoid. He didn't follow me again, but every time I walked, he would go outside to smoke and just watch me. I did tell my family about this though, just so they would be aware. It was now the Tuesday right before Thanksgiving, and my mom and sister had decided to come over to help decorate the outside of my home for Christmas. I went inside to look for something, and one of my sisters and my mom had stayed outside. The creepy neighbor had came out and looked at them, and then said, Oh, there's two of you. My sister and mom came back inside immediately because they felt uncomfortable, now knowing that he had followed me before. They stayed a little bit longer, but they had to leave because it was getting late. About 30 minutes later, my brother-in-law comes home, and I asked if he knew who the guy was staying with the neighbor. He asked me why and what was wrong, and I told him what had been happening. He then bolted out the front door, not saying where or what he was going to do. Since it was now midnight, my husband and I went to bed. I had to work all day the next day, so I didn't get a chance to talk to my brother-in-law and ask what happened. It's two days later and in the morning, which is now Thanksgiving Day, so I was walking my dog out like I normally do. On my way back, I see the mom who lives next door purposely checking her mail right at the same time I was walking outside. She then stops me and she asks me what the issue was that I was having with her son. So it's her son. And that's when I realized that he was probably there to stay and not just visiting. I then told her that he had been following me around in the neighborhood and that it made me really uncomfortable. She then went on to tell me that I had nothing to worry about and that he's really harmless that he has some personal issues that he deals with by walking, but that he really means no harm. Not believing a word that she said, I replied back with, Okay, thanks, then went back inside. When my brother-in-law came downstairs, I asked if he had talked to the mom. That's when he then told me what happened. He said that he banged on her door until she finally answered, and he told her to keep her son in check, and that if he ever hears that his sister-in-law has another encounter with him, they were going to have a serious problem. My brother-in-law is a pretty intimidating guy, and he has a really short temper, so he made it very clear not to screw around with me or my husband. Since he was so pissed off, he went over to INP's house to cool off. Since he's been living with us, he became pretty good friends with P, and he also told them what happened. About a week later, me and I went to lunch, and what she told me next made my heart just drop. Apparently, the creepy neighbor guy is bipolar as well as schizophrenic. She told me that all the things the creepy neighbor was doing to me, he was doing to other women as well. One woman actually tried to pepper spray him, and he actually blocked it and grabbed the pepper spray right out of her hands, which happened to be attached to her keys, and in the attempt of getting her keys from her, he had actually punched the woman in her face. The woman called the police and got a restraining order on him, so he couldn't live in the apartment complex anymore. His mom put him in a hotel while she figured out his living situation, and he was creeping out the other guests over there as well. The manager tried to kick him out, but the creepy neighbor started talking a lot of nonsense and threatened to shoot up the place. The manager had to get the police involved just to get him out of there. They had finally kicked him out, so he went to live with his aunt until his mom's lease was up and she was able to move. 
so that's why Lou is with his mom again. The mom actually has the audacity to say that her son is harmless when he's even hit her. She's afraid of her own son. The mom told I this way before he ever moved back in with her. I haven't had an issue with him since my brother-in-law went over there. Luckily, I work enough to be out of the house, but I still try to avoid being home alone. It's absolutely horrible not feeling safe in your own home. I'm really, really looking forward to the day we move. For years, I've been paranoid about changing near or around a window. I think it all leads back to the story that I'm about to tell you. For the record, I'm a female, and this happened to me 10 years ago when I was 13. My parents had divorced when I was one, and my brother was three, so we would visit my dad in his mobile home every weekend. It was the summer before I started eighth grade, and I was at my dad's house with my brother for the weekend. My dad had to take my stepmom to a doctor's appointment that was right down the street for a few hours. He had done this before because we had cell phones and we never really left the house because we didn't really have any friends over at my dad's. My brother is two years older than I am, so he was considered the responsible one. We had a routine that we would follow every time we visited my dad. Get up and sneak whatever breakfast we could before our stepmom got up. And then I'd watch a movie in my room, and my brother would play the Xbox in his room, which was right next to mine. I had just finished up watching Live Free or Die Hard when I decided to get dressed and start my chores. The way that my room was set up, I had a rolled bunk bed pressed against the window so that my feet would be facing the window, and my head would be near the door. The TV was right across from that, so there was only a little narrow area in the middle where I could walk or get dressed. My dog Chester was on the bottom bunk laying in what little son came into my room. As I was finishing putting my t-shirt on, I noticed that Chester had sat up looking towards the window. He slowly moved towards it and then started to growl. Now, my dog wasn't really that intimidating and he really only barked whenever he was excited or when someone knocked on our door, but I had never heard him growl before, like ever. Immediately, I was on alert, really unsure of what was going on. I got as close to the far wall as I could and then looked out the window. I didn't see anything and I tried to calm him down, but me getting closer to the window seemed to only get him even more protective. Right after I had walked away was when you get that really bad feeling you get when you just know you're being watched. As I turned, I saw a right hand come up to the glass on my window and then pause right before the left one joined it. I froze in place when finally a face appeared that I had recognized. It was my neighbor that was five houses down from us. He had always given me the creeps, and I guess my intuition was right. He was looking around my room when his eyes finally landed on me. He gave me this really eerie smile, and he gestured for me to come to the window. I just shook my head and reached for the baseball bat that I had on my wall. My dog was going absolutely apeshit seeing this guy look at me, now snarling and lunging at the window. The guy tried to slide open my window, and that's when I yelled for my brother. I think that the man thought I was home alone because the horror that came across his face when my brother ran in then made him realize he couldn't do anything to me. He took off running down the street to his house while my brother and I shouted at him from the porch while my dog was fighting to try and get past us to chase him. My brother and I sat on the couch after that and talked about what happened. We pretty much both agreed that it would just be smarter to never tell our dad about it and that I was never to walk near his house. 
The only thing that I really regret from this incident was that our other neighbor that my stepmom was really close with was actually attacked by him a few months later. I had felt that because I didn't say anything that I would actually allowed it to happen. Luckily she wasn't hurt, but when I told her about the man and what he did, she gave me a hug and she agreed that it wasn't something to tell my dad, but that she would handle it. I guess she did, because a year later he was then gone and I never saw him again after that. I only really told my dad's mom about the incident when she had moved into the house and I was already 21 years old and didn't stay the weekends anymore. I told her to never tell my dad because I just knew how he'd react. Well, that didn't happen and later that night my dad ended up chewing me out for not telling him. I told him that if he knew what had happened, my weekend visits to him would have been in prison because he probably would have gone over to the man's house and killed him. He agreed, but he wanted me to tell the full story to him and my stepmom. Despite how long ago this was, I'm still really afraid I'll see him again. That he'll end up being a dot on a map near my house or that I'll wake up with him peering through my window. Due to this event, it really turned me into a really paranoid person. Anytime there's a little sound near the window whenever I'm getting dressed, I kid you not, I'm always reaching for something to fight for my life. If it wasn't for my dog and the fact that I changed so fast, who really knows what the man would have tried to do to me or what he would have seen when he looked in my window. To everyone out there, please stay vigilant and always trust your gut. So I'm in my early 20s and female. I moved out on my own for the first time about two years ago. I haven't really had much to do with any of my neighbors and I've always been slightly uneasy due to the fact that no one around here is looking out for me. If anything seems off, literally no one would even notice or do any investigating to make sure I'm okay. Last year I noticed a man that was constantly walking his dog in the grass area behind my home. This isn't unusual to see, it's a pretty common area for my residence here. His dog is super cute and my cat liked to play with it through the glass door out back. They would chase each other back and forth and put their paws up on the glass and such. You know, real cute stuff. Well, one day I was outside and his dog came running up to the porch with glee and to get pets and say hi to his kitty friend, my cat. Now, this is the first time that I actually spoke to this neighbor. We'll call him Mark. So Mark seemed decent enough and we got along just fine. We started hanging out pretty often in a short time period because I'm a smoker and he was letting his dog out all the time and it was also summer so we would always run into each other quite often. Most days we would spend an hour or more after work just talking. This lasted for a couple of weeks. I gave him my phone number and I was just really happy to have a friend in my complex now. I will say, however, he was clearly very interested in either having a romantic relationship with me or friends with benefits. I was very honest with him that I really wasn't interested in either of those at all, and I actually had to tell him this quite often. Frankly, I was getting rather irritated that this always came up several times every time we spoke. He rather quickly was really trying to get me in his house, from the first time we talked until the last. He always offered multiple times every time I saw him. I always said no and blamed it on me being COVID cautious. Well, he quickly got tired of that excuse and he invited himself into my home as well. But of course, I always said no. One day he came out while I was smoking with a bottle of wine and a couple of glasses 
saying that I had to try it because it was really delicious. I happened to instantly notice that the seal on the bottle was broken, but it also didn't seem like anything was drank. The bottle was filled to the brim. So he pours a couple of glasses and doesn't drop a beat in telling me, Go ahead, take a drink. I felt very uncomfortable, but I didn't want him to feel like he was being accused of anything when he was just trying to be a really nice neighbor. After all, he poured himself a glass of this very same stuff, right? I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Well, my mama still raised me better than that. So I totally faked a sip and said it was good. After any sentence that either of us had, he would tell me again to take another drink. I told him that I don't really drink though, so I'm pacing myself. But I did say that I noticed he hadn't drank any and to just please go ahead. He didn't reach for his glass right away, but in the middle of speaking, he reached for his cup and then knocked it over, spilling the wine all in the grass. He brushed it off rather quickly, and he told me it was my turn to drink now. That's when I then said, But you still haven't even drank anything. You spilled your drink. Pour yourself another glass. I don't want to drink this alone. So he did. He still didn't drink anything. He did tell me a few moments later, though, to drink mine. I told him that he needs to catch up and we basically just kept doing that same old thing in circles. He reached for his glass again and guess what? Spilled it yet again. Wine is all in the grass once more. Then what do you know? He told me to drink. At this point I'm done. There's too many red flags that are screaming at me to get the hell out. I'm honest with him that this seemed really sketchy and I didn't trust the drink because he's refusing to drink any of it, but is so damn eager for me to drink mine. He told me that he was just clumsy and taking it slow because he doesn't drink a lot, but that he's seen me having friends over taking shots and drinking beers and wine, so he knows that I can handle it better than him. Yet another big red flag is raised. So he's been watching me now? What? I think it's important to mention that our complex is huge, and he doesn't live particularly near me. He's about a half a block away from me, and he can't see my windows or yard from where he lives. So I told him flat out that I'm not drinking anything anymore because of how this all seemed. He then once again pours himself a glass, and once again spills it. There isn't much left in the bottle at this point. I pour the remaining wine in his glass, and I tell him to drink it with me on three. We raise our glasses, and in my amazement, he actually takes a drink. And I then spilled mine into the grass. Oh well. He then comes out about two nights later while I was smoking, and instantly starts complaining to me that I wouldn't date him or have sex with him, and that he just really doesn't know why all girls are like this. He starts getting really loud and shouting at me, asking me what the problem with him is, and why I won't do these things. I told him that I had been honest with him since I had met him that I'm not interested in that and that it isn't him specifically, I'm just honestly not interested in that from anyone right now. He still shouted at me, and he was starting to complain about his ex and her dog. Yes, her dog. He then proceeded to tell me how he used to abuse the shit out of that dog, and then went into detail about how he wouldn't feed or water it because it used the bathroom in the house, and how he would kick it really hard. I'm absolutely horrified at this point, especially considering the whole time he's been telling me this story, He's been playing fetch with his own dog. His dog always seemed so scared of him, and I'd actually even pointed that out in the past. He would tell me that his dog's previous owners were abusive, so he was just very scared and distrusting. 
The dog was always very excited to see me though, and would always cuddle up with me and stay right by me, so I just always thought I was extra special. But now with that newfound knowledge, I think that poor dog is just in an abusive household. I was just so done with this guy that I cut him off and said that I needed to go because my friends were waiting for me. He has sent me several messages of gibberish whenever he's outside. He'll blow my phone up with non-stop random messages and it'll just keep going on forever. He has texted me telling me that he knows I'm home because he's seen me walking around or that he sees my car in the parking lot. He'll throw his dog's toys on my porch and he'll stand outside of my porch for hours. I think in his mind since I'm a smoker, I'll eventually come outside. Silly him though, because whenever I see him out there, I'll just go out front. Before the wine fiasco ever went down, he had said several things to me that were also red flags. I guess the moral of the story is to just trust your gut. Still to this day, he's bothering me, and like I had said before, we only spoke and hung out for a couple of weeks in summer of 2020. My last message from him was last night. He asked me what he had done wrong and if I had felt disrespected in any way. I haven't spoken to him since he screamed at me for not sleeping with him. I thought about answering his text with the brutal truth about how twisted and creepy he presented himself as, along with how uncomfortable he made me feel, but I didn't want to give him any ideas on how he should improve. Stay smart folks, don't ever drink things people give you if the seal is broken. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he was definitely trying to drug me. I want to start off by saying that I've never told this story to anyone. I'm a 32 year old female and my name is Kara. It all started about two weeks ago when I moved into my new apartment. I was all moved in and everything because I live alone so I didn't really have much stuff to unpack. Later that day, I grabbed my purse and keys to go to work for the day. I was walking to my car when I saw someone start to approach me. It was a woman who looked to be at least 45 to 55 years old. It was very obvious that she was a smoker. She also looked really sleep deprived, skinny and frail, and she had very noticeable eye bags that seemed to get worse the more I looked at them. Hello miss, you must be the new neighbor said the old woman with an extremely damaged voice caused by years of smoking. Yeah, I just moved here three days ago. I responded as polite as possible, then I noticed she had something in her hands that she hid behind her. She looked really excited to show me what it was, then she noticed that I saw it and that seemed to make her even more excited, and she had a huge smile on her face. It was horrible. Her teeth were uneven and rotting, she was missing teeth, and her gums looked like they had been bleeding earlier in the day. Her lips were also blistered and dry, and she scared the absolute crap out of me. I want you to meet someone, she said to me. She then showed me what she was hiding behind her. Her name is Jambalaya. It was a very strange looking doll that kind of resembled a coconut. Uh, thank you. Nice to meet her, I said. I just told her what she probably wanted to hear to avoid any drama. I also had to wrap things up soon before I was late for work. Sorry, but I have to get to work. I'll see you later, ma'am, I said in an apologetic tone. No need to be formal with me. You can call me Emma, she said right before I could get in my car. I nodded in response, got in my car, turned it on, and then pulled out of the parking lot. I looked in my rearview mirror for like a split second, and I saw that that woman was dead staring at me while rocking that really weird doll. 
I concluded that she was probably under the influence, judging by her attitude and the look of her. After work, I was driving home around 5.05 and I pulled into the parking lot. When I drove in, I saw Emma in the parking lot just sitting in the middle of the road playing with Jambalaya. What the hell is she doing? I mumbled to myself in complete shock as I drove past her. She saw me in my car and she gave me a sinister rotten smile. I smiled back just trying my best to keep my composure. I parked and stepped out of my car. Please don't come over here. Please don't come over here. I repeated in my mind as I walked to the entrance. I avoided eye contact as best as I could but I ended up looking at her because I heard her saying no and singing something. So I just kept walking but I also kept looking at her. Jambalaya, Jambalaya, Jambalaya. She sang in a low creepy voice. She was singing it really slow and just kept repeating the doll's name. I walked a little faster and right before I walked in, I looked back to see if she was still singing, but she wasn't. She was stood up holding that doll in one hand, and the other was on her heart. She was visibly upset for some reason. We were just standing there staring at each other for what felt like hours. Then I broke my trance and mouthed an apology, and then walked in my apartment, not looking back this time. As soon as I walked into my apartment, I locked my door. Emma really freaked me out, and I didn't want to be around her anymore. I mean, she isn't hostile or anything but she really gives me the creeps. I put down my stuff and walked to my room, turned on the lights, flopped on my bed, and then sighed. I then got back up and I started cleaning up my mess. I walked to the window, slightly scared of what I might see. Nobody. I was really relieved. Part of me was expecting Emma to be looking at me from my window. I woke up at a really uncertain time and looked over to my bedside table to pick up my phone, then realizing that it was 4.30 in the morning. I tried to figure out why I woke up and turned the bedside light on because I was wide awake for some reason. It was kind of unnerving because I didn't understand what was happening. As I was laying there in my bed, I started hearing really weird tapping noises and then froze. Being the person that always listens to scary stories and has become a little paranoid, I started to freak out. I didn't really know if I should get up and go see what was happening or just stay in my bed and wait for it to pass. The tapping had stopped after about a minute and I had just heard shuffles and something like a whisper. At this point, I was definitely freaking out, but I really didn't know what I should do. All of a sudden, everything went quiet for about five minutes. I was still too scared to get up when all of a sudden my front door slammed super loud. This freaked me out so badly that I got up from my bed super fast, looking in every room trying to figure out what the hell just happened. I didn't see anything, so I was starting to freak out even more now, thinking I was going crazy. The last place I checked was the bathroom, and I looked in the shower to see if somebody was hiding in there. To my surprise, there was something in there, but it wasn't a human, and right after I saw it, that was when I realized who had been in my apartment. It was the doll. I have no idea why she wanted to break into my apartment just to leave this stupid doll in my bathtub. It makes absolutely no sense, and I still have no idea why she did it. After this event, I realized just how crazy this woman really was and how dangerous she could be. How was she able to break into my apartment and how long was she in there and what exactly was she doing other than leaving a doll in my bathtub? Later that morning, I looked around the whole apartment trying to figure out just how she broke in. After about 10 minutes of searching the apartment and checking every door and window, I noticed that my bathroom window was unlocked and even still opened ajar. 
This freaks me out so much, and I instantly become mad at myself for forgetting something as important as locking all your doors and windows. I knew right away this is how she managed to break in, and she must have just went out the front door because it was easier. I went to the apartment manager and staff and explained everything that had been going on, and how I would possibly be moving out soon due to this crazy-ass person I was living next to. Thankfully, they really understood my situation, and they said they would be talking to Emma about what had happened. They offered me next month's rent for free if I stayed. I decided to accept this offer since I had just recently moved in and I didn't really have a lot of money on me at the time. Around a week later, after nothing else had happened, I heard from the apartment staff that Emma was getting arrested and possibly getting sent to a psych ward. They explained to me that after the manager had tried to talk to her about what was going on, she had confessed to breaking into my apartment, to which she then became furious and denied the whole thing. She had a mental freakout and was taking it out on the manager just because he tried to talk to her about her actions. This led to her getting aggressive and being arrested. I have to say, I was pretty damn happy about the news of her being arrested because that meant that I didn't have to worry about her anymore and it gave me a lot of hope for my new apartment. I threw that doll away and decided to move on with my life that year after experiencing all that hell. I never want to go through something like that again. So about six to seven years ago, my family of nine had moved into this new house closer to town. I was about 14 to 15 years old, so I was pretty much just starting my freshman year of high school. We didn't really know too much about the neighborhood, except that it was right next to a nice big Catholic church. Like, nice nice. The church is so close that you can actually see it from the yard and then walk to it within a couple of minutes from the house so we thought it was a really nice quiet neighborhood. Well, one morning, I'm getting ready with my siblings to go to school. Our neighbor we had at the time was a little weird. We didn't really know much about them, but they hated that we had dogs that barked a lot. Two white German shepherds that we had rescued a few years back. So there were actually a couple of times where he had threatened to shoot them, which led to us giving them away because we were afraid for their safety and the police wouldn't do anything about it. I had only seen the neighbor once or twice, and he was a really rough-looking dude. I'd guess he was in his late 40s and very skinny. He kind of looked like he did meth or something. Anyway, I was the first one out the door that morning to go way by the car that was in the driveway. I was standing only about three feet from the road because I was walking around and waiting for everyone else. The only other person who was outside was my 12-year-old sister, who was behind the gate at the time. As I was walking back and forth at the end of the driveway, the neighbor came speeding down the road, then started to slow down when he saw me. Keep in mind, I didn't know everything about this guy that I do now. I had no idea about the level of creepy this guy was. I didn't really know about the level of creepy this guy was. I just saw him as one of the neighbors. My parents hadn't told us a reason about why we had to give away our dogs at the time, and I was a very ignorant and clueless child. So he slows down and he's now smiling at me when his car came to a stop only a few feet away from where I was standing. He then pulled out a bag, just a plastic bag that looked like it had something in it. It also looked like it was bagged a couple times over. He told me it was for my little brother who liked to play basketball. We had a basketball hoop in our yard. I had asked him what it was in the bag and he had told me it was a basketball. Right away, I got this incredibly sick feeling deep in my stomach. And at the time, I didn't know why, 
but the feeling I got from this guy made me feel incredibly uncomfortable. He asked me to come get it so I could give it to my brother, but I was really hesitant because if it was really just a basketball, then why did it have so many bags around it? So I asked him if he could just throw it over. Right around this same time, my little sister that was outside with me had just gone inside and told my mom that there was someone else outside with me. When he saw my sister leave, he started to get out of his car. Before the man could say anything, my mom came out the front door and was standing on the porch asking the neighbor what he was doing. And then without saying anything, he just jumped back in his car and then floored it down the street. I can't imagine what would have happened if my sister hadn't told my mom or even been outside to see what was happening. It still really gives me the chills to this day. We never saw him again after that and he moved away a few months later. My family lived in a townhome neighborhood in South Florida when I was a teenager. When we moved in, we met the president of the homeowners association and he seemed like a really nice guy. We'll call him Jeff. We lived right next to him and we would often see him walking around outside and he would wave to me and my younger siblings. For the first few months, we loved the neighborhood. We met other people who lived there and were even invited to a cookout by Jeff. Shortly after, Things began to change. We heard from some neighbors that we had become friends with that Jeff had been stalking them. He would wait until they were tending to the plants outside their house and would turn on the sprinklers. He would follow them while they walked their dog and seemed to try to secretly record them with his phone. We were shocked. Over the next few weeks, Jeff seemed to shift his focus on me and my siblings. He would approach my young siblings as they played outside and would tell them how cute they were. He would even ask my youngest sibling if they wanted to go for a walk with him around the neighborhood. He became increasingly more creepy. Until the day my story takes place. I was out walking my dog around the neighborhood just after dark. My parents had instructed us to stay away from Jeff and his house. So we would walk the long way around the neighborhood to get to the large grassy area where my dog liked to walk. I'm used to hearing sounds from neighbors, their pets, or their cars. However, as I was walking, I kept hearing footsteps from the other side of the building. I was walking alone. Each time I came to a gap in the building, I would look through to the other side, and no one was there. Being the curious teenager I was at the time, I turned and walked to the other side. The footsteps stopped. I got to the corner of the building and looked towards the grass on the other side. And there he was, standing near the edge of the building with his phone pointed at me, was Jeff. <laughs> he just laughed and stood there. Apparently he had been recording me on his phone this whole time. I turned and ran in the opposite direction all the way back to my house. You might think that would have been the end of it, but it wasn't. The next day I got on my bike to ride over to the grocery store. As I rode through the neighborhood, I saw Jeff's car entering the community. Instead of turning in the direction of his house, he turned towards me. I was going in the opposite direction of his house. I started riding faster, afraid that he was going to slow down and try to say something to me. His car approached, and I realized that I was no longer on the right side of the road. He was slowly inching over to the other side where I was riding. We locked eyes, 
and he was smiling at me. I rode my bike up to the sidewalk, just as his car passed me maybe a foot away from hitting my bike. He leaned over out of his open window and let out the loudest, most maniacal laugh I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> After that day, we went down to the courthouse and got a restraining order against him. He was never arrested, although there were ongoing cases where he was accused of stalking other people's kids in the neighborhood. Be careful when you're moving to a new neighborhood. You never really know who might be living next door. I lived outside of Memphis, Tennessee for about eight years at this really nice apartment complex all alone. One day I had noticed a few new neighbors living across from me in another unit. Two guys who appeared to be college graduates. They had a college flag hanging on their patio. One of the guys in particular had kind of started watching me. No telling how long he was watching me before I noticed him, but I was walking to my mailbox one day and I noticed him running into his patio just staring at me. I saw what appeared to be a smirk on his face, as if he was trying to keep from laughing. What he was doing was by far not funny, and I was taking him seriously. I came home with groceries that I was unloading from my car, and I felt that he was watching me then as well. I worked at a casino on the graveyard shift, and I had paid a jackpot to a man who looked just like him, looking unfavorably at me. He knew unsettling things about me, like what shift I worked and at what casino. I decided to take off on one of my work nights. I don't know why I did it, but I felt really relieved to have an extra night off to rest up some. The exact time that I would leave out my front door to go to work, there was a knock that came to my door. I was watching TV and I turned it all the way down and the lights off so I could see and hear clearly who the hell this crazy person was outside my door knocking at this time of night completely unannounced. We had neighborhood watch so I guess that's why I never reported the crazy guy across the street to my property managers or called 911. When I looked through the peephole, I saw the guy from across the street standing there with a hoodie over his head just looking at me with a really creepy look in his eyes. I would never open my door to anyone at night, but if I was going to work that night, I would have no doubt opened the door to my last night on earth. He looked criminal. I was expecting him to do something sinister to me. Thank God he just walked away. The funny thing was, about a week later, he had actually moved out and left that apartment. It almost seemed as if he was just a figment of my imagination. Never real. But he was real. He was very real. A little bit of background to this story. This occurred in our old house which is located in a dead-end street and out in front of our house is nothing but woods. The people who lived in it before used to grow marijuana out in the woods directly in front of the house so there's actually still a couple of plants left. Anyway, I have three siblings, two brothers and a twin sister. On this day, we were all playing outside like usual and my brother who at the time was 8 years old and I who was 7 decided to have one of our adventures out in the woods. So we left our other two siblings out in the yard while we went into the woods. We were all very familiar with these woods because it was basically our playground growing up so we knew how to get around there pretty easily. My brother who we'll call B took the lead and was walking through a trail that we always followed. 
We noticed a Mary Jane plant, but didn't really think anything of it, because of what I explained earlier. We soon started noticing that there were more and more, in sort of a straight line. So as the smart kids we were, we started following this line of plants. All of a sudden, I hear B then tell me, Stop. Look over there. And we see a very big white house with a crooked fence surrounding it that, mind you, we have never seen this house once in all of our years in the woods. After staring at it for a while, we heard a door creak open. We crouched down behind some plants with our hearts in our throats and saw a crusty old man walk out with a dirty white wife beater and dirty white shorts. We then heard him yell, Hey, what are y'all doing here? We noticed him carrying something, but we didn't get a good look at it because we had instilled in our heads thanks to our mother making us watch crime shows to not waste any time. So we took that as our cue to start running. The first few seconds of running was a bit of a blur due to all the adrenaline rushing through my body, but everything came back when we heard the gunshots. The fact that we heard them hitting the plants that were right beside us made us run even faster. The old man had yelled something else while we were running, but we were too far away to hear. When we finally got back and out of breath, our other two siblings asked us what happened, and we explained everything to them. They wanted to go back to see it, but we convinced them not to. We also didn't tell our mom because we wouldn't have lived to be able to show them the house. So we planned the next day that we would go back with weapons to see the house. And by weapons, I mean giant sticks. The part that still really haunts me to this day, as we followed the exact same trail as before with the same plants, but we never found the house again. We searched and searched, but we never came across it. There's no explanation as to why we couldn't find it again, but I sure as hell hope no other person came across it or that creepy-ass old man. Hey everyone, apologies for the interruption, but I wanted to talk about today's sponsor, ShipStation. If you run an e-commerce business, you probably feel like it's about time people stop treating e-commerce giants better just because they're bigger. And you're right. That's why ShipStation gives e-commerce sellers of all sizes access to the same deeply discounted rates that are usually only reserved for Fortune 500 companies. It's no wonder ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 sellers. ShipStation also allows you to save some money while making shipping a whole lot easier. But ShipStation doesn't just save you money. ShipStation works with over 45 carriers, easily compare rates and delivery times to quickly find the best option every time. It also works with over 300 platforms, like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, and more. And it can automate processes like fulfillment and tracking, so you can save time managing orders. Don't let all the big guys keep all the discounts to themselves. Sign up using promo code CANNIBAL for a free 60-day trial today at ShipStation.com and start saving with every shipment. That's two whole months of discounted shipping, absolutely free. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in Cannibal. ShipStation. Make ship happen. This happened when I was in elementary school. Me, my brother, and mom had immigrated to Canada a few years prior to this incident. We moved into a rental apartment which consisted mostly of new immigrants. One day while we were waiting for the elevator, a woman and her disabled daughter had walked over and waited with us. They were speaking Farsi, but a dialect that was spoken in Afghanistan, not Iran where we were from. 
Now, this caught my mom's attention pretty quickly, and she was really ecstatic to find that a fellow Farsi-speaking woman was living just a couple apartments down from us. They began speaking, and it was quite evident that her daughter was not able to speak or communicate via sign language due to her severe disabilities. My mom and I would bump into each other frequently around the building and neighborhood. Well, there happened to be a man that she believed was targeting and stalking her daughter. He was a single dad of a girl that was only a couple years older than me. I knew them both quite well, and I even babysit their dog a couple of times. His daughter had told us that her parents had divorced, and her dad apparently got custody of her. One night, me and my mom had just gotten home, and we were stepping out of the elevator when we then bumped into the lady. She approached us, and she said that it was her daughter's birthday, and that insisted we join them for some cake. I always felt really weird around her, and I really wasn't eager to join them at all, but my mom said that she felt bad and that we wouldn't have to stay too long. We followed her into the apartment, and immediately the hairs on the back of my neck then stood up. Her daughter was just sitting in the dark, with only a small nightlight lighting up her furnitureless house. In the middle of the living room was a cloth spread out picnic style that consisted of a few plates, forks, and homemade cake. We then sat down and started to get comfortable when my mom's phone started to ring. This all kind of startled us. Just as my mom picked up the phone, the lady hurried into the living room then told my mom to put her phone on silent. She said you need to be as quiet as possible so he doesn't know we're home. I immediately get the chills. Who the hell was she talking about? My mom then apologized and she asked her what she meant. That's when she started telling us that the man from the unit below her is tormenting them. She went on and on about how he hits the ceiling with a broom on all hours of the night to let them know that he knew they were home, and that apparently one time her daughter was lured into the balcony by him and was being persuaded by him to jump. She said that he would knock on their door in the middle of the night and then whisper the devil's prophecies through her door. My mom then asked her why she never reported this and the lady said she was scared he would find out and then kill them. She said they don't turn on the lights, they don't own a TV, and she never makes a single noise, only whispers when home. We ate the cake, thanked her for inviting us, and got up to leave. She tiptoed to her door and motioned with her hand to stay out of the view of the door, which we did. She slowly opened the door, then peeked outside looking left or right, turned to us, and said we were okay to go. As soon as we got home, I told my mom that there was no way that what she was saying was true because I knew the people that lived in that unit. My mom just said it's best to not get involved and just forget about it. Weeks go by and we don't see her or her daughter. One morning when I was leaving our building to go to school, I had noticed there were letters taped into the walls of the lobby. They were kind of scattered but I was a kid and I thought that they were letters put there by the building management. I opened the lobby doors and that's when I saw the letter taped to the building's intercom. The letter was written by the lady explaining how terrified she was for her and her daughter's life and how no one's done anything to help her with the situation despite numerous attempts. She then went on about the same exact thing she had said to us. The very last paragraph sent chills down my spine. She claimed that she was raped and impregnated by a demon in her sleep and that now he's found her and her daughter and is apparently possessed by this man. She then said if something happens to either of them, we should find ourselves responsible. I ended up asking the girl and her dad what that was all about, and her dad claimed to have only ever seen her twice. Both times of which he hadn't even made eye contact with her, because she was apparently talking to herself, and he was really creeped out. 
He said that she would slide notes under his door with what he later found out to be Arabic writing. He said that he had showed it to one of his Arabic friends, who confirmed that there were verses from the Quran that's used by Muslims to protect themselves from evil. He said that he had no idea it was her doing this until the letters started being plastered all around the building on every floor. Apparently, they were asked to move out of their apartment, and she had threatened to light herself and her daughter on fire. The management had to contact the police for her being a threat to herself and others. After a while, we all forgot about it and we just went on with our lives. We moved to a different part of town not too long after, but this event has always stuck with me. In 2015, I had went back to the old complex due to reconnecting with a childhood friend who still lived there. Well, I ran into the building manager and he and I got to talking, and I asked about the incident and if he ever really found out what happened. Apparently, the lady was schizophrenic. She was a victim of forced marriage at a really young age, and her daughter's disabilities were the result of the extreme abuse she endured while pregnant. Turns out, she was extremely mentally ill and just full-heartedly believed the claims she had made. Apparently, her daughter was in fact capable of speaking, but her mother did everything in her power to isolate her from outside contact in society. Me and my mom thought she was around 14 to 16, but turns out she's a 30-year-old woman. She was very malnourished and lacked personal hygiene, and was obviously not properly taken care of. Her daughter had never once been to a hospital or even school. Really sad stuff. I'm now a 32-year-old female, and at the time, this story took place when I was 13 years old. One night, I was staying over at my friend's house, who, for the sake of this story, will call Kate. She lived in a really sketchy neighborhood that was just a few miles from our middle school. Her mom was a single mom, and she was working late, so we kind of had the whole place to ourselves. Her mom had left the house full of junk food, and she would let us rent movies on demand as much as we wanted. Since it was still bright out, we decided to go for a walk down by the pond and park area, just a couple blocks away from her house. As we were heading back to her house, just about one or two houses away, a car then approached us from behind. Now, I didn't recognize this person, but my friend Kate did. She said that it was her next door neighbor, Andy. Andy, if I can recall, looked to be much older, maybe in his early 50s. I remember him having a kind of grayish beard and he wore a baseball cap. He slowed his car down and he had asked what we were up to for the evening. Kay told him that her friend and her were having a sleepover and were probably going to prank call a few kids from our school and also stay up late watching scary movies. Andy just chuckled and smiled at the both of us, but even as a 13-year-old girl, I didn't really like the way he had smiled at us. I don't know this stranger and I was really surprised my friend had even given this much information but maybe she knew him a lot better. Andy then told us in a really low voice. Well, Kate, I see your mom's car isn't in the driveway, so I'm assuming she's working late again, huh? Kate had then said in her usual friendly but completely oblivious tone. Yep, she has the late night shift again, so we get the house all to ourselves tonight. Andy returned that same creepy smile, then said, All right, well, you girls have fun at your little sleepover. And don't get into too much trouble tonight. And then with that, he slowly drove past us and then pulled his car into his driveway. As we walked up our driveway, we saw Andy walk into his house, still staring over at us. Once we got inside Kate's house, I had started asking her about her neighbor. I told her that he sort of gave me the creeps. 
Kay said that she agreed he is sort of creepy, but she didn't really think he was any sort of danger or threat at all. Now, Kay was always more of the trusting, carefree type, while I seemed to always be the paranoid, more cautious goody-goody. So we made a pizza and we grabbed a bunch of snacks and started watching some movies, and we also had fun chatting with a few friends on AIM afterwards. Right around midnight or even 1am, Kate's mom still wasn't home and we were just starting to fall asleep in our sleeping bags in the living room. The TV was still on and it was playing some kind of scary movie in the background. Suddenly Kate had clicked the TV on mute, then lowered her voice. She then said to me, I think I saw the motion detection light go off and on in her backyard. She then quietly got up to peek out the window overlooking their backyard. I very slowly tiptoed over to her and asked if she saw anything. She didn't see anything, but not too long afterwards, we then saw the light turn on. We really tried our best, but we couldn't really see anything outside. Kay decided to go into their basement and see if she could get a better look through the window down there. We crept down to the basement stairs, being very careful not to trip in the dark. We also didn't want to turn on the lights just in case whatever was out there would see us. I don't know why Kate was suddenly taking this so seriously since she was usually the more laid-back friend, but maybe we were just both being super paranoid from all the scary movies we were watching. I don't know. There was a very large window next to a door on the far side of the basement. The motion detection light turned on yet again, spilling in through the window so that we could see a little in the small basement. Suddenly we heard the door that was leading out to the backyard in the basement start to rattle. We both jumped and screamed. The window on the door was covered by a set of blinds, so we couldn't see who was on the other side, but we knew someone was definitely trying to open the door. Fortunately for us, it was locked with a deadbolt, but nonetheless, we were still scared shitless. Kay grabbed a baseball bat lying on top of a sofa and began edging towards the door. I whispered at her to get away and that we need to get out of here and maybe call her mom or the cops. But Kate, always being the more brave one, then very carefully lifted a corner of the blinds on the door window. Whoever was on the other side was still trying to get the door to open. Kay lifted the blinds, and lo and behold, it was her neighbor Andy. Kate and I both screamed. Andy just held his hands up in the air and then shouted, Whoa, it's okay girls, I'm not going to hurt you. I just wanted to see if you're alright. It's really late, and I thought I saw someone running in your yard. Kate and I both looked at each other and then at Andy. There was something so sick and menacing in his eyes, and we both just knew that he was definitely lying and he was the one trying to break into Kate's house. Kate shouted back at him that he better get the hell out of here or she's going to call the police. Andy just sort of blinked at us and repeated he just wanted to check on us because he knew we were home alone. He grabbed the doorknob again and asked us to unlock the deadbolt. I pulled Kate by the arm and told her to call 911 immediately. I screamed that we were calling the police right now and he better get the hell out of here. Andy just kind of glared at us and then backed away from the door. He quickly looked to the right, then turned and ran to his backyard. Kate and I ran upstairs and her mom was walking into the house. She asked us what we were just doing in the basement and we both frantically tried telling her what had happened with Andy. Her mom was very shocked but didn't think it would do anything to call the police since technically he didn't break in or hurt us. Kate and I were both really freaked out and we wanted her mom to call the police and report him, but she just kept insisting that there was probably nothing they could do. Very fortunately, I didn't have any more encounters with Andy the few more times I'd go over to Kate's house, 
and not too long after, her and her mom moved away. I don't know what Andy was trying to do or what his intentions were that night, but I'm really, really glad we didn't find out. I'm not even quite sure where to begin, but I guess I'll start with giving some background info. I'm now a 25-year-old female, but when I first moved into my apartment, I was only 21 or 22 at the time. The apartment complex I lived in was very quiet for the most part. Lots of younger families and old people lived there. It was also in a golf course community in my hometown, which was a smallish town with very moderate crime rate. When I moved in, I didn't know the neighbors to the left of me, but about two years into my lease, there was a middle-aged couple that moved in. I never got their names, but somehow the husband knew mine, which actually wasn't too odd because the old people there are really chatty, and I'm sure in passing they learned my name. I'm a very intuitive person, and I can usually pick up cues when someone isn't really good people. My first few instances with the husband, I immediately got really weird vibes from him. In hindsight, he didn't really do anything out of the normal at first. It was just a gut feeling I had. Whenever he was with his wife and I would try to talk to him, the husband would cut his wife off and try and talk for her, it seemed. Really weird, but okay. Well, after about a year of my boyfriend moving in with me, he fell off a golf cart on Christmas Eve and suffered a traumatic brain injury. He wasn't allowed to drive for six months, so I was responsible for taking him to and from work during those six months. He's a workaholic and he works really late most of the time so I was alone at the house until 10 to 11 most nights. Somehow or another, this creepy next-door neighbor finds out that my boyfriend had a TBI and that he wasn't driving. Now, this guy knew that I was alone on most nights, and he decided to purposefully do things to fuck with me. There's one instance that sent chills up my spine and still really sticks out in my memory and makes me absolutely thankful we moved out of that apartment and into a house in the country 20 miles away. So, one night I get home from the store or hanging out with a friend, and like always, I sat in the car in the parking lot playing on my phone. Doors locked, of course, because I'm paranoid. And after maybe about 10 minutes, as I'm about to turn the car off and then go inside, I look to my far right and I see my next door neighbor standing in the breezeway of the building directly across from ours. It's maybe 9pm by now, so I just assume he's walking his dog or taking the trash out or something. I resumed to playing on my phone and I decide to look up once more. He hasn't moved. He's standing in the breezeway with the light behind him so I can just see a silhouette but I just know for a fact it's him. I was always taught to stare back at the person who's making you feel uncomfortable so either they break eye contact or speak the fuck up about what they're staring at you for. So I'm staring back at him and he just backs up further into the breezeway out of my sight. I'm now slightly creeped out at this point, but I decided right then and there that I wasn't getting out of the car and going inside, that is, until my boyfriend called me to go pick him up from work. I turned my phone's brightness down to hopefully give him a less clear view of me sitting in the car in the dark. Not even five minutes later, he's walking from the far side of the complex, complete opposite side from our building. I see that he's not walking his dog, he's got no garbage can, so I can assume that he didn't take the trash to the dumpster. He walks on the sidewalk right in front of my car, stops and stares straight into my soul, all while pointing at me with his index finger and middle finger, kind of like a peace sign, but in a pointing motion. He finally continues on his walk and then walks to his work van parked two or three spots away to my left. 
there's no cars in between mine and his. He grabs some empty grocery bags out of his van, takes a surprisingly long time grabbing them, and proceeds to walk back into the direction he came. He then stops in front of the car yet again, stares at me for a second, then continues on. There's a sidewalk perpendicular to the one he's on, and at the end of that sidewalk, there's another that's parallel to the one he's currently on. From aerial view, it's in the shape of the letter H. Our building is to the left. The one he was standing at earlier when I first spotted him was to the right. He stopped maybe five more times between my car and our apartment building, turning back to face me every time he stops. This sent chills down my spine, and I immediately texted my boyfriend to let him know the weird neighbor was being a creep, and that I felt like he was purposefully trying to scare me. I go pick up my boyfriend, and we arrive back home on total edge from this creep. My boyfriend leaves something in the car, so as I'm approaching our front door to unlock it, he jogs back to the car, and lo and behold, my creepy-ass neighbor is walking up and saying hey to me, also using my name. Again, I've never once introduced myself with my name. I'm guessing another neighbor had said it in passing, but it still really freaked me out after this interaction while I was sitting in the car. There's a half dozen other things this guy's done both before and after this night that gave me the creeps. My boyfriend walked me to the dumpster and to the on-site laundromat because he was too creeped out. He's much more naive than I am by default, but he's not too naive to write this off as an innocent run-in with the neighbor. As I'm writing this, I feel like I can't even paint the picture of just how fucking creepy it really was. I mean, maybe I really was overreacting, but my gut at the time was telling me something was off, and I listened. This story happened to me when I was a 13-year-old boy. I lived in an old house built in the 1980s. When we first moved in, we had met a neighbor. Let's call him Bob for privacy reasons. He had brought over a cake for a welcoming gift. We thanked him and we had later talked about just how generous he was, given the fact that we had never received a cake from a neighbor before. Fast forward a couple of months and he begins to get weirder and weirder. For example, he started showing up at my bus stop in the afternoon, even though he didn't even have any kids. I told my parents this, but they just brushed it off, assuming that he had a good reason to be there. He had started to show more interest in me and my brothers. Let's call them Nathan and Gabe. Nathan is my older brother, and he was 14, and Gabe, my younger brother, was 12. He would soon begin to knock at our door and ask to eat dinner with us. My parents had started to think that he was a bit strange, and they began to say that maybe he had mental issues or something. I had told them that that was no excuse, and he was really making me feel unsafe, but my parents brushed it off, saying that I was overreacting. They left for an anniversary trip, leaving me and my brothers home alone. The day went by like normal, with the occasional weird stares from the creepy neighbor, but other than that, it was pretty normal. 8 p.m. rolled around and then by 9 p.m., Gabe was asleep, leaving me and Nathan awake. Nathan was in his bedroom, which just happens to be all the way across the house. Soon after, let's say around 10 p.m., we then heard a knock at the door. I thought that it was strange, as it was 10 p.m. on a school night. I ended up ignoring the door, as I didn't really feel like getting up to answer it. Lazy, I know but the knocks began to get more persistent. I eventually just get up 
and head for the door. Stopping all the way there, when I then hear the neighbor say, I know you're home alone. I saw your parents leave this morning. So I drop to the ground, and I crawl to Nathan's room and tell him what's happening. I say that we should call the cops, but he quickly rejects that idea, as he wasn't doing anything. He just knocked on the door, and he says we should just camp out in his room until he leaves. I agree, and I lay on the floor in his room. But then we remember that we should probably go get Gabe, too. So we head to Gabe's room, which of course has to be right by the front door that our neighbor had just earlier been knocking at. We get to Gabe, and we wake him up. The neighbor didn't seem like he was at the door, as I didn't hear him anymore. Well, the curiosity gets the best of me, and I peek through the peephole. I know. Very cliche horror movie thing to do, but I did it anyway, and I don't see anything at first. Well, as my eyes adjust to the peephole, I see the neighbor's eye just staring right back at me. I then scream, and I yell at my brother to call the cops. He does exactly that, but even though the neighbor heard me scream and call the cops, he didn't even seem to care. He then starts throwing his body into the door, and I run to my brother, and the 911 operator tells us to stay calm and hide in a room with no windows and a door with a really good lock. We choose the bathroom, and as we hide there, we can hear the door then break. As the neighbor walks into our house, he begins to search the downstairs and then starts to walk upstairs. I shut the bathroom lights off, as that would be a dead giveaway that we were hiding in there. My heart suddenly drops as he stops right in front of the bathroom door and then says, I know you're in there. We try to calm each other down and cover our mouths, and he starts slamming his hand into the door. We knew this was probably it for us, and we all hugged each other tight and started crying. Luckily, we hear the cop sirens in the distance, and the neighbor stops and then runs out of the house and into his. The cops tell us to come out, and we direct them to the neighbor's house. The cops confront the neighbor, and they end up calling our parents, to which they immediately rush home. After this event, we eventually ended up moving out a couple months later. This is a story that never fails to give me goosebumps. Not because of how terrifying it was, but because I knew that the neighbor definitely could have broken down the door down before the cops came. Why he didn't, I have no idea. But what I do know is that he was a major creep, and I hope he rots in jail for the rest of his life. This happened nine years ago. I had just ended a four-year relationship and had moved into an old building in downtown Paris. I had to start all over again from scratch. Well, I did the mistake to let my ex-girlfriend keep a lot of my furniture, kitchen cutlery, pans, coffee machine, etc. At the time, I had worked as a waiter, so I could only afford a one-room apartment from a council estate building. It was really old and barely even clean but at least I had a roof over my head. The first two weeks, nothing had happened. But quickly, I began to hear someone talking at night. It was kind of like mumblings. It basically said, Just go and die already. When I looked into the door of Judah, I saw a scrawny, shirtless guy smiling and scratching the door with his finger. This became a thing every two or three nights. He would come and threaten me through the door, or sing songs with a really childish voice. I thought about opening the door and asking him what the fuck he wanted, 
but I was afraid that he had a knife or something, and I couldn't see his hands while looking into the door Judah. What really stunned me is that he acted totally normal whenever I stumbled upon him during the day, and he actually denied being the one to do this at night. I even got mad at him for it, but he seemed to genuinely not understand what the hell I was talking about. One day I came home with a girl that I would met at a bar that I was working at. For some reason, she had left during the night, and I went back to sleep. The mumbling started again, only this time, it felt really close. I opened my eyes, only to witness the scrawny neighbor now headbutting the wall and singing what sounded like a mix between religious chants and also a lullaby in slow motion. I was honestly totally paralyzed by the fear. I tried to communicate with him, but he was just grinning and he ended up exiting the apartment by himself. I decided I had enough and finally decided to call the police. They took him in alright and he ended up getting put into a psych ward. Apparently this guy had been diagnosed with schizophrenia and he was put in a psychiatric hospital because of it. He wasn't supposed to live at his place anymore. He had apparently ran away from the hospital two months ago. He initially got sent into the psych ward after bashing a shovel into a postman's head, putting him into a coma. He did that for absolutely no reason at all. I never saw him again and I moved out two years after that. This all happened when I was nine years old. Growing up, we would always go to my grandmother's house, but at the time, we hadn't gone in a while due to her moving houses. So when we got the call to go visit her, I was really excited to go. When we first got there, I was really confused as to why I saw her house connected to another house. Now keep in mind, I was young. I saw a house connected to another house, which was really confusing. I went to go knock at the door, but I was too excited. So I opened the door, but what I saw wasn't even my grandmother. Instead, it was a whole nother family. So I quickly shut their door and just acted as nothing had happened. Now over time, I was bored, so I went to the backyard just to keep myself occupied. As mentioned before, the house is connected, so I could see the neighbor looking at me. I'm not going to lie. He gave me a bit of a fright, but again, I just acted as if nothing happened. I had heard my name being called, and my mom had handed me a really big lollipop, and I was really happy. I went back into the backyard, and I almost instantly bumped into the neighbor. He smiled, and he started to talk to me. In description, he was this chubby old Mexican guy. From what I can remember, his English wasn't all that good, but I could understand him. He would ask me what I was eating, and the question that he asked me next gave me disgust. In a really strong accent, he asked if he could taste my lollipop, but what really disgusted me was his smell. And this guy wants my candy? Before I could answer him, he grabbed my hand, which was holding my candy, and he then shoved it into his mouth. He smiled, and when he was done tasting it, he then said, Well, what's yours is mine now and then walked away. I threw that candy away immediately. A week had gone by since that happened, but I just put it behind me. That is, until we went to my grandmother's house again. I was in the backyard just minding my business until I heard a, Psst! Psst! Hey! Over here! I had quickly stopped what I was doing, and I tried to hear where the sound was coming from. 
there was this old shed and I was looking at it and I was kind of debating whether or not to check if the sound was coming from inside there until I heard that same sound yet again, now louder. As stupid as I can be, I then went into the shed. This is where I'd like to remind everyone listening that this story contains sexual assault. Also, I'd like to say that I'm a girl. Anyways, back to the story. As I went into the shed, I had felt a hand grab onto mine so hard, and I thought that it would break. And before I knew it, I was pinned down to the floor. I had felt my shorts being pulled down. I didn't scream, cry, or shout. I was in shock. Everything just happened so fucking fast. I then heard him unbuckle his belt. Once again, I heard my name being called. And so when reality hit me, I then very quickly pulled up my shorts and ran to my mom. She asked if I was okay. And right there, I'd wish that I told her. But I didn't. I just kept it to myself. Over time, I couldn't believe what had just happened. And I had wondered if it was okay for him to do that to me. Keep in mind, I was a child. I didn't know what he was going to do to me at the time but I knew it was bad. He was an adult, and I was just a kid. I had even wondered if I told my mom would I be the one to get in trouble. I know, stupid. But again, I was a kid, and I didn't really know how this stuff worked. I wish that this story stopped here, but sadly it doesn't. Summer eventually came, and there was a pool at my grandmother's house, so some of my family went to her house to have a pool party. And of course... Guess who got invited? The neighbor and his family. We were all having a lot of fun, but what was really weird to me was that I don't remember seeing the neighbor's family. I only remember seeing him. I was in the water, and guess who was with me? Right beside me. Yep, the neighbor. The neighbor had some fucking nerve being so close to me. But since my family was also around, I didn't really think too much of it until he swam closer to me. He gave me a smile and looked somewhere else. I thought nothing of it until I then felt a hand touch me from down there. I was shocked. The bitch was touching me. I had looked around to grab anyone's attention, but they were all just busy laughing. I wanted to scream for my mom, but I didn't. Because, well, once again, I thought that I'd be the one to get in trouble. I quickly got out of the water and again, just stupidly acted as if nothing ever happened. I didn't tell my mom, and I really wish that I had. I'm now 19 years old, and I'm about to be 20 in a couple of months. This experience really fucked up my life. I eventually told my mom what happened to me, and I'm now going through therapy. This guy was a dad himself, and for him to do that to me, it's just beyond fucked up. So to the neighbor who did this and absolutely traumatized me for life, fuck you. And I truly hope we never meet again, you pathetic asshole. So at the time of this story, I was around 11 to 12 years old, and I'm a female. I had recently moved into a new neighborhood. We had a neighbor to the right of us, who soon somehow met my mom. I don't know how or when, but she introduced him to me. Unfortunately, I could barely remember any of that except that his house really smelled and that he lived with his mom. I soon began to go over more to help clean a bit. I didn't do any deep cleaning, just simple stuff. He had started asking for me to go over to clean and it would happen much more often. 
He had started luring me and my brother with pizza and wings, a lot more often than I'd expect someone to buy pizza. He also used to lure us with popsicles and a swing set that was in his backyard. I know this may just seem like friendly behavior, but I feel like he's just been getting a little too close with us. One day I was snowing and it was very windy, kind of like a blizzard. I was by myself outside in my front yard making a snowman, just looking around. One of his bedroom windows had faced the front yard and our houses were really close. The windy snow started to die down and that's when I noticed him standing at his window staring at me with a really emotionless expression. Even when I looked at him, he just kept staring back at me. I had started to wonder just how long he was staring for. Another occurrence that was a bit weird was when I was in my bedroom doing something. I think I was changing in it and just walking around. Our windows had faced each other on the side of our houses. I saw possibly a silhouette standing in his window with the blinds closed. I then quickly went to shut mine and went on with my day. We eventually moved not too long after and allegedly... My mom found out that he was sexting a 15 to 16 year old boy. I'm not really too sure of the details or if he even got caught, but he always seemed really unusual to me. I'm a 25 year old female and I had just bought my first home in December of 2019 in West Michigan. The neighborhood seemed quiet and safe, which I was pleased with, being that I live alone with only my dog to keep me company. Having a degree in social work and recently interning at the county jail has made me a bit jaded when it comes to local crime and the overall darker side of civilization. I've met quite a few of the surrounding neighbors, many of which are on the older side, and they all seem pleasant. But of course, there's always that one loopy neighbor that has to ruin it. About a month after I moved in there, there was a knock at my door. I answered, and there was a man around his late 50s to early 60s waiting there. As I opened the door, he introduced himself. We'll call him John. John had a beard and was a little on the hefty side, and smelled of cigarettes, but overall looked like a pretty normal dude for his age. He told me he lived a few doors down and he had welcomed me to the neighborhood and said that he's a good handyman, so if I ever needed anything, I could let him know. I thanked him, and I thought it was nice to know that I had someone I could go to help for if there was an emergency. He asked if I lived with anyone, and I said no, that it was just me. It struck me as slightly odd that he would ask, but I figured I was just being paranoid. As the conversation ended, John said, You know, you're a really beautiful girl. Yeah, very pretty. And he smiled at me. I smiled back and thanked him although shivers had ran down my spine. After he left, I thought about his comment for a while. Had he been a decade or two older, it may have come off as more of a cute thing than an elderly man might say to a younger woman, but the way he said it struck me as quite odd. As the months passed, we casually waved to each other as neighbors normally do, but I didn't directly speak to him again until just a few weeks ago, almost one year after our first conversation. I was raking leaves in the front yard, and I had my dog tied up to a tree so they could lay outside in the sun and watch me. My dog, whose name is Newton, is a mid-sized mixed breed of what I believe to be a border collie and some type of shepherd. I got him from a local shelter when he was just a pup. He's a real cutie, 
and he's very gentle and calm around me. But he can be quite protective, and he isn't always the fondest of males that he isn't familiar with. While I was raking the leaves, John comes over on his riding mower and starts to mow the unfinished side of my lawn. I was a little annoyed because I was right in the midst of learning how to take care of fall leaves for the first time, but I didn't let this show and just continued finishing up my patch. After he finished, he had hopped off the mower and he walked over to me and Newton. Newton's tail was wagging, but it was apparent that he was also a bit on edge. John and I spoke for a moment and I thanked him. Then John turns to Newton and he puts his hand out. Newton sniffs his hand and he begins to growl a bit. As I'm attempting to hush him, John proceeds to swat at his face in a playful gesture. Not a smart move to pretend to smack a dog who's visibly unsure of you. Newton then breaks out in an episode of nervous barking. Embarrassed and not wanting to annoy the other neighbors, I try and console Newton. Then to my surprise, this grown adult man gets down on his hands and knees in a child's pose position right in front of Newton and actually begins to whimper like a dog. I stared in disbelief, praying that no one else was watching this horribly awkward moment taking place. My eyes quickly dart to each surrounding house looking for witnesses and then stop on a woman that's watching us intently from John's side of the fence. John eventually gets up from the grass and he told me about his own dogs and that he also lives with his ex-wife in her basement. He went into all kinds of details about their marriage and how it didn't work out because he liked to party and she was more of a homebody. I assumed that his ex-wife was the woman who had been watching us in Iraq from their yard. Before he left though, he had told me that he was moving out in the spring, but that he would be around in the upcoming winter to snowblow my driveway if I'd like for $50 each time. I told him that I'd let him know, although I thought to myself that 50 bucks was a bit steep for such a small driveway. After this conversation, I saw him once again last week when I brought my trash out. I saw him out of the corner of my eye waving to me from his driveway, but ignored him, not wanting to invite him into conversation as I was leaving for work soon. While walking back to my garage, I had heard him yell, Hey there! So I had no choice but to turn and give him a quick wave and nod. Aside from the whole whimpering like a sad puppy thing, he just generally gave me the creeps. And earlier today, my impression of him being an outright weirdo was reinforced. I was walking Newton around the block in the late afternoon. I started to shovel quickly when I came across John's house, hoping he wouldn't be outside. But of course he was, as he always coincidentally seems to be outside when I am. He yelled hello to me as he very swiftly walked out from his garage, and I very reluctantly paused by his mailbox and greeted him. I broke my wrist. He sputtered out. I looked to see his right wrist was in a cast. Oh no, how did that happen? I asked. I don't know, John said. I wondered how a person could totally be unaware of how they broke a bone. I guess I'm just old. I'm probably about the same age as your dad, right? John asked. Yeah, probably pretty close, I replied. He then did his usual thing where he talks about things that I couldn't possibly care less about like about his new glasses and how he was also in the military, so he was able to get free gear from the VFW. He stuck out his hand to Newton again, and I had to remind him that Newton wasn't really fond of men that he didn't know that well. He offered to get Newton a bone, but I shrugged off the idea, not really wanting to prolong our conversation. You know, we're supposed to get some snow over the weekend, 
John said. Yeah, I heard about six inches. I replied shortly. I really loathe small talk, and I'm really horrible at faking interest in topics like the weather. Yeah, well, I'll snowball your driveway for you if you want. I do Margie's driveway there in that brown house. John then says as he points across the street. Oh yeah? You said it'll be around $50, right? I asked. Uh, you know, I misspoke the last time we talked about it. We could work something out. Maybe $25, or whatever you can pay. I know times are tough because of the pandemic and whatnot. Or instead, you know, we could fool around or something. John stammered. I was a bit quiet for a moment, just trying to process his proposition, and I thought that there was no way I heard him correctly, or that he meant that in a sexual manner. Yeah, um, I'll let you know, I guess. I said nervously. So, do you have a boyfriend? John asked. No, I answered. I immediately kicked myself mentally for not telling him yes. I'm a horrible liar, though. It doesn't come to me naturally, which can really suck in these types of situations where it could be useful. Well, do you want one? John asked further. <laughs> not really, I replied, laughing out of discomfort. Hey, by the way, thanks for waving at me the other day. That was nice of you. I was trying to get your attention, and I didn't think you saw me. John said. Yeah, no problem, I said, wondering why a wave meant so much to him. John began to speak about something else, and to be honest, I don't really remember what he said, because I was so wrapped up in trying to figure out his motive behind his last few comments. I ended up telling him to have a nice day, and started to walk away. So yeah, just let me know about the snow blowing. If you can't pay me with cash, we can just fool around, and I would count that as even. He said from behind me, confirming his intentions. Yeah, I don't know about that, I said sarcastically, not turning in his direction as I continued back home. Oh, okay, well no big deal, John said in a weirdly friendly manner. I didn't respond, and the rest of the walk home I became pissed. Pissed that I didn't tell him I had a boyfriend, or tell him to stay the hell away from me. Pissed at how he was so nonchalant and direct and assuming that there was even a sliver of chance that I would be down to basically prostitute myself for what? A 40-minute shovel job? Pissed that I now feel uncomfortable inside and outside of my first home that I've worked so hard for. Pissed that so many young women, as well as men, are put in similar situations. Or far, far worse. I'm sure there will be more to this story, seeing as I think he's going to try and clear my driveway this weekend without me even asking for his help. But for now... I'm just going to go to sleep with a knife right next to my bed. I'm also going to invest in some blinds for my bedroom, which faces direction, and I really hope he'll still be moving away in the spring like he said he was. My parents were born in 1952. Their first child, my sister Janie, was born early in 1958. The story takes place at the very beginning of 1959. Now, my father was away on business, and I wouldn't be born until very late, in 1960. So, my mother and my infant sister are home at the time, and they're both having really bad bouts of the flu. My mom decides to call her mother to come and help her. Now, it's in the middle of the night. My mom, dad, and sister lived in New York City, Manhattan. Grandma lived in Queens, in Flushing. So, my mom calls her mom, and she asks her to get a cab and come into the city. Grandma says, sure, okay. 
So enough time goes by for grandma to arrive. My mom then hears a weird scratching sound on her front door. She's a little spooked and she says, Mom, is that you? If that's you, why don't you ring the doorbell? There was no response other than more scratching. Now my mom is really spooked, but asks once more, Mom, is that you? Whoever it is, if I don't get an answer right now, I'm calling the police. And then just more scratching at the door. So as you can imagine, my mom picks up the telephone and then dials, I guess in the late 1950s, just the operator, since there was no 911 yet. Hello, my name's Miss O'Donnell. Someone's scratching at my front door, and they're not answering when I ask them to identify themselves. The operator then says they'll send a car over. The cops arrive fast. They find outside the door a very old man in his pajamas, barefoot too. He was a neighbor, and he lived on another floor with two of his daughters. He had some kind of senility, or Alzheimer's, and had gotten out somehow. And his only crime was trying to find his way home. It's honestly kind of sad when you think about it. He was really, really lucky that he had picked my mom's door to try and get into. Any other apartment, and no one would have heard him. And he would have gone outside in bare feet. And it was like single digits outside at the time. Midwinter. And like 3 o'clock in the morning. His daughters came down the next day and had thanked my mom for saving him. And apologized profusely for their dad disturbing her. I'm a 24-year-old female living with my 23-year-old sister and our German Shepherd. We live in a really crappy trailer park in a rural town in Alabama. Drug addicts are pretty common in our area, and it's a pretty well-known fact that my landlord doesn't really mind renting to them, which really sucks. I'm not particularly fond of having sketchy-ass neighbors like this, but this is the only place we can afford and generally keep to ourselves. The story took place about a week ago. The heat and the humidity had really started ramping up, and unsurprisingly, our air conditioner was no longer working. Our landlord wasn't going to fix it, so we had to start raising all the windows and leaving all the doors open. However, if you know anything about the heat and humidity in Alabama, you know this doesn't make a difference at all. At about 6pm the other evening, I get a call from my landlord, letting me know that she's going to bring us a window air conditioner the very next day but that we're going to have to get someone to install it for us. I say okay, and I thank her. About 10 minutes later, she pulls up to drop off the window unit. As she's unloading it, a scrawny, pale, scraggly-looking older guy with prison tattoos, wearing no shirt and jeans that were way too big, comes across my yard and starts talking to her. I then quickly realize that he's one of my druggy neighbors who lives in the trailer across the road from me. She then does something that I wasn't expecting. She asks him to come inside and install the window unit for me, and then she leaves me there all alone with them. While I was really uncomfortable having the sketchy man in my house, I tried to ignore it and just be glad that we're getting air conditioning. My sister and our dog were in her room this entire time, so it was just me and him. I guess I should also add that I'm only five foot three and I'm physically disabled. This is relevant to how I'll react later. He starts unboxing the unit and asked where I wanted. I told him in the kitchen window, and I then sit down on the couch in the living room, several feet away. He gets to work, and he starts making small talk, 
asking me my name, my age, what my disability was, what I do during the day, if I drink or do drugs, etc. I just answer him back as vaguely as I can. He then goes on to tell me how he really likes to flirt with all of the women that live around us, and that I look much younger than my actual age. I'm completely creeped out at this point, but I kind of just chuckle nervously, hoping he'll hurry up and just finish his work. The next thing he said to me sent a chill down my spine and still has me unsettled. He then informs me that he's already met my sister, and apparently she told him I'm home alone while she's at work. I froze, not knowing how I should respond. A few minutes later, he then calls me over to show me how to work the unit. I was honestly reluctant to even get near him, so I stayed a few feet back and just nodded as he talked. He suddenly took out his cell phone and starts walking towards me. So, do you want my number? I backed away and just said, Uh, no, that's okay. But then he says back, Oh, come on. What if you need me for something? No. If I need anything, I'll just let the landlord know. And at this moment, I realize he has me backed up against the kitchen counter, and he's right in front of me. Well, if you don't want my number, why don't you just give me yours, and then we can hang out sometime? He says creepily. I knew that I obviously can't run away from him or beat him in any sort of altercation, so I just said okay, but I figure I'll just give him a fake number and rattle off seven random digits, but then he did something that I hadn't even thought of. He dials the number right in front of me. I held my breath as I listened to it ring, praying no one would pick up. It went to voicemail, and he ended the call, looking me in the eye and saying suspiciously, Hmm, it went straight to voicemail. Oh yeah, sorry, I think my phone's dead, I said. He grins a slimy grin and then says, Well, don't worry, I'll call you later when I get home, and finally backs out of my face and leaves. I'm still really worried that he might try and break in and do something to me while I'm home alone, but I really hope that doesn't happen. I used to live in a condo with my mother for part of the year while in college. The neighbors were really great, and it was an okay neighborhood for the most part. However, things had changed really fast. This couple had moved into the two-story condo next door. They believed if they fixed it up, they could sell it with a profit. Now, this seems pretty normal, except for the fact that they were two junkies, and they only worked on the condo in the middle of the night. Every night, with no concern for anyone, they would work away, making as much noise as possible. We tried to bear through it, though, since it should only take about six months, right? Wrong. It took two years, and they would purposely work right next to my mother's bedroom. A few times, they would fuck up our electricity on the hottest days of summer. When my mother complained, they half-assed an apology, and as she walked away, they actually said should have killed the bitch and her stupid ass cat. Finally, they tried selling it, but no one would buy it because they absolutely ruined the condo. They eventually just rented it out to some relatives, who, surprise, surprise, were also junkies. Their kids would destroy property of everyone else's, and whenever they were confronted about it, they would pull a gun on them. All of the other neighbors began moving out out of fear. The police wouldn't do anything, and if you called you can be sure your life was in danger when it should have been the opposite. 
my mom only got two to three hours of sleep for a year. She once called the police, and the male neighbor came over and actually slashed her tire, and just enough so it would bubble and pop on the road. The scary part isn't really for my mother's safety, but they didn't even care that she babysit two infants and drove them often in that car. They were willing to kill her and two babies. The last straw was when they pointed a shotgun at the window I was looking out of on the 4th of July. My sister ended up buying a new house, and we all left and just went to live with her. I recently really got into listening to scary stories, which gave me the desire to share my own. About five years ago, I was a freshman in high school. It was late May, and I was up really late studying for a Spanish final. At about 12.30, all of our dogs started barking like crazy. It was slightly off-putting, as my family lives in a very nice Southern California neighborhood with meager crime rates. But I just shrugged it off, thinking that they just saw a raccoon or maybe a skunk outside. The dogs continued barking for the next five or so minutes. I went out there and I tried to calm them down, but nothing seemed to do the trick. Eventually, my dad, who was very groggy, walked downstairs. As he reached downstairs, we heard a loud thud coming from outside. I jumped, but I tried to reassure myself that it was only an animal. At this point, the dogs were now growling at the window. My dad didn't want the dogs barking to wake up my mom and brothers, so he decided to go outside with a flashlight and broom to scare off the animal. I anxiously watched from the window, as he then went outside to check what was causing this commotion. As he had pointed his flashlight towards our trash cans, he screamed in a way that I'd never heard him scream before. Within seconds, my mom was downstairs with me. She ushered me away from the window and back into my room, where I then continued to watch from my bedroom window. What I then saw was a middle-aged woman with blood all over her. She was carrying a duffel bag that she claimed to contain her clothes from the house. She was talking to my dad through tears, but I couldn't make out what she was saying. After the fact, I found out that she was begging my dad for refuge in her house because her husband was drunkenly abusing her. She claimed that she lived next door to us and then ran to our house after the abuse began. Although we had never met that set of neighbors, we had just moved to the house about a month prior and we just figured we hadn't met them yet. My dad then told her he would talk to my mom to see how she felt about letting a stranger into our house. However, when we walked inside, she pushed past the door. At this point, I could no longer see what was happening, but I could hear her. The woman had a really strong Eastern European accent, and when my mom offered to call the police, she said she already had. I waited in my room, really scared, unsure if the abusive husband would come to our house. I waited a long time to hear police sirens, but they didn't come. My dad then offered to call the police again, but she continually refused. I listened to my mom, saying she wanted to check on me and see if all the commotion woke me up. When she got into my room, she shut and locked the door and told me she had a bad feeling. She then called the police, and when asked, they said they hadn't gotten a call about domestic violence in the area. My mom told me to hide in the closet, which seemed really strange to me but I listened to her. I could only hear muffled voices from this point on, but here's what happened from my mom's perspective. After leaving my room, she said the lady didn't seem worried anymore, 
The woman with the bag went to wash herself off in the bathroom. My parents were in the living room, and my mom was in the middle of telling my dad that she had a horrible feeling about this, and that they needed to get her out, when they suddenly heard a thud in the bathroom. My parents went to look. They then started walking towards the bathroom, which neither of them could see as it wasn't connected to the living room, and they were shocked by what they found. The lady had snuck into our family room and was putting expensive gaming consoles, as well as other belongings, in her duffel bag. After a few seconds, she fished around in her bag and pulled out a really huge kitchen knife. The lady then demanded that they take her to my mom's jewelry. It's really important to understand the layout of this area of my house for this part. My parents were standing in the kitchen, and she was in the family room. The kitchen is connected to our living room by a swinging door that can be locked from the outside. My parents ran towards the kitchen door, and the lady dashed after them. She sliced the back of my dad's arm, but my parents were able to lock her in that side of the house. Being stuck in the kitchen and family room, my mom heard her open the back door and didn't hear anything else until the cops finally showed up minutes later. After explaining the situation, they searched for the woman and they found her hiding under a car just a block away from our house. The lady was arrested and they discovered she was high on some form of cocaine and some kind of steroids that had made her violent. This is what freaks me out the most. Even though the cops would have arrived at our house mere minutes later, if my parents weren't able to lock her up in the kitchen, there's no telling what she could have done. Miraculously, my brother slept through the whole ordeal, even the sirens. My dad was left with stitches and a really big scar on his arm, and I had to see a therapist, as every time my dogs would bark at night, I'd freak out. I'm all better now, but I'm really glad the situation was resolved without anyone getting seriously injured. Well, besides my dad, of course. This was told to me by an old friend and co-worker whose neighbor has made his life what can only be equated to a real nightmare. I didn't really believe what he said at first. As it turns out, this neighbor is known to others in the area for really being off the deep end, and I've had several people tell me that personally since this happened. Even my own boss mentioned it, and she's practically a second mother to me, and she has nothing to gain from lying about it. Now, I can't give you the exact location, but I can tell you that this takes place in mid-Michigan. This all started around seven years ago, and it's gotten progressively worse, especially in the past few months. My neighbor has always been a bit odd, but it seems that he really went off the deep end when he found his wife with another man. He sort of snapped. It all began with us finding our dogs dead, having been shot by someone. It wasn't that tough of a guess though as to who did it, because houses out here are few and far between. This happened a few times, but being that we lived where we did and the way things were around here, no one called the cops. This was due in part by the guy being unstable, there being no hard evidence to link him to it. Not to mention, if the police didn't find anything, he would know who called them. So let's skip forward to a few months ago, when yet another dog had gone missing. I ended up walking out to the woods around our house, and alone at that, being that my friend didn't want to go with me. I had been out for a bit when I heard it off in the distance. After looking a little bit, I saw him. 
After what he's done in the past, I decided I need to at least get some form of evidence. So I pulled out my phone to start recording. I tried to get a little closer, then hide behind a tree, so that only the phone was out to record. He was out under a group of pine trees, digging a hole. A big one. I shouted out loud, just to see what he would do. Yeah, not the greatest idea. Now, a normal person would look around, right? You know, look at the surroundings to figure out where the noise came from. Not this guy. The fucker jumps out of the hole, grabs a fucking gun, and starts waving it around. I took this as my cue, and while he was looking the other way, I got the fuck out of there. After that, I couldn't stop thinking what he could be digging for back there. No matter what I came up with, I just can't seem to come up with a logical reason as to why he was doing that. Though to be fair, since when is anything he's doing logical? A few nights later, my dog had gotten out again. We have them on an invisible fence, but one of the callers was acting up. Anyway, this happened at 3am. Of course, the dog wasn't in our yard, but at least I had a friend at the time to search with me. So out we went. We were walking through the woods, and I realized that the neighbor's garage door was wide open, and the lights were on. Curious, we quietly made our way over, with me taking my phone out, after what I had saw last time. As we approached the garage, I had handed the phone off to my friend. I then went around the back to look for my dog, while my friend stayed up front. But I had then noticed him standing at his workbench at the back of the garage, It was one of those things where you kind of just look on in disbelief or have to do a double take to actually realize what you're seeing. It's three in the morning and this guy is standing in his garage sharpening what looks like spears. I'm not even kidding. Fucking spears. After a bit, he then stopped and headed into the house, then opening the door that leads out next to the garage. My friend moved to the side of the garage and watched. The light on the side of the house was on, and he was sitting nearby. The guy comes out, and he picks up an extremely heavy black bag, and puts it in his wheelbarrow. Now to put this into perspective, he's a big dude, and according to his own brother, he's able to bench around 500 pounds, so whatever's in this bag isn't normal trash. He stands there for a moment, grabs a shovel, and puts it in with the bag, and then starts off into the darkness towards the woods in the same direction of the location that I saw him digging in before. After all this, I decided to head back over a couple nights later, this time making it to his garage, just in time to find him dragging another bag out. This time though, things got even weirder. He drags it out, and then he drops down and starts punching it, then proceeds to grab a golf club, and starts whacking it even harder. He does this a few times, then throws the club behind him, and then puts it in his wheelbarrow. He then picks up his shovel, giving it one last good hit, then starts off in the woods again. This now brings us up to a couple of weeks ago. My dog had gone missing for a few days, and fearing the worst, I decided to make a bold move, or a stupid one, whatever you want to call it. After seeing that he left to go hunting, I made my way to his house, and I went inside. What I thought I would find... I'm not really sure of, but I thought it ought to be worth it to take a look, seeing as I couldn't find my dog anywhere else around, and he's obviously been up to something. I made my way in, and I had started looking around. 
making my way from the basement up. But it was when I was on the second floor that my worst fears then came true. I then heard a sound that almost made my heart nearly jump out of my chest. The door downstairs then opened. He was back. In a panic, I ducked into the closet of the first room I came across, which was of course his bedroom. I closed the door and then crouched down, waiting for him to leave again. But instead, he made his way upstairs into the room, then sat down, his outfit and mask still on, leaning his gun against his desk. I sat there, not sure of what he would do, how long I would be here, if he would find me, or what he would do to me if he did. I waited for what felt like forever, but ended up actually being a couple of minutes in reality, until there was then a sound from downstairs. I couldn't believe my fucking luck. He jumped up and grabbed his rifle and then ran downstairs. I took this opportunity to run down, following the stairs all the way to the basement, and then out while it was occupied. I don't think I'd ever ran that fast before in my life. I left the back door and then sprinted off into the woods, and then finally made my way back to my house. So the good news is I'm alive, and the noise I heard when he grabbed his gun and ran downstairs for? It was the fucking cops, waiting with a warrant for his arrest. I'm still trying to figure out what this psycho did, but I haven't gotten an answer from his brother or even the cops. I left a tip hinting to the woods, but as far as I know, no one has even stepped foot out there. At least, not yet. Currently, he's still sitting in jail, and I hope it stays that way for a while. So I have an update. Me and my friend had gone into the woods when we knew he wasn't home to try and see if we could find out what he was digging. We ended up finding where a ring of those spears were stuck in the ground with really large holes in front of them, some of which had been filled in. Of course, they were the traditional size for a grave, including being about six foot deep. I don't know what this fucker was doing, but I'm going to keep an eye out. Update 2. While the crazy neighbor was in jail, I ended up doing some work over the summer for his brother, who was slightly less crazy, but still a little off. He wanted me to dig a hole for him in the corner of the basement, supposedly for drainage. Though, oddly enough, he asked me to make it big enough for someone to be able to get down there. The one thing I noticed while down there was the smell. It was that of something rotting. Rotting meat in particular. It was that same kind of smell that you get from a bloated deer on the side of the road on a hot sunny day. Well, why would I do this for him? Well, the simple answer is that I've dealt with sketchy people before, and he didn't seem nowhere near as bad as his brother. And, well, I really needed the money. Either way, I got the job done and got the fuck out of there. Okay, so here's the final update to the story. He's out of jail, and now he's back home. All of this information was collected back in 2015 to 2016, and it's been a long time since this all went down. Maybe there was something sinister, Maybe he's just another tweaker, which is quite common out here. It's been a couple of years since I've talked to the person the story came from, but I could possibly reach out for further insanity. If I get any new info, I'll definitely send it in. As always, everyone, be safe out there. <laughs>